Welcome to the Iconic Womanhood Podcast, where we celebrate and learn from the wisdom of authentic, brilliant, conscious, and creative women from all around the world. This podcast will leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to become truly iconic. And now, here is your host, Akena. She is a transformational coach and speaker. Hello, everyone. It's Akena here again, and welcome to another episode of the Iconic Womanhood Podcast. Last week, we had a great guest, Arasa Ugu, the smart money woman, author and speaker from Nigeria, who was talking about building wealth. And it was really interesting because a lot of the things that she talked about cut across, whether you're listening from the UK, where some of our listeners are, or the US, where a lot of our listeners are, whatever your culture the idea of building wealth as a woman is important, and she gave some great tips. I wanted to expand on that conversation because a lot of wealth building really has to do with the woman that you are, the being part of you, your mindset, the way you see life. And in fact, one of the courses that I've had in my community for a long time is called Wealthy Woman Habits. And right now it's going to be available to the women in the mastermind as a bonus. And uh, we have a brand new offering that's going to be coming out in the next few weeks to a month. And this will be one of the bonuses that is available. We'll really go deep into this and expand on it. But I wanted to share a bit from it because in order for you to build wealth, there really has to be a shift in your mindset, a shift in the way that you are being. And I want to share some of those habits and tell you some of the stories of women who have been successful using these habits and these shifts so that you can then ground the learning and begin to apply it in your life. So there are almost 20 habits that I discussed, but I'm just going to pick a few. And I promise you these few will be so meaningful. It will be a small but potent meal that I'm going to be serving you today. So grab your notebook, grab your journal, and write some things down. What I really want you to do is think about what comes up for you. Some of these things might be things you're doing already, and then you want to dial that up. Some of these things might be things that are highlighting things that you're not doing and things that you need to begin to do. And so with that, you're going to change your behavior. And then it's going to show you some things that you are doing that are working against you, and you want to dial those down. So let's get right into it. The first habit I'd like to talk about for wealthy women is that they actually believe that they can have and deserve better. And with that belief, they set about going to get it. And it's interesting because this is a big challenge. This is a big block that a lot of women struggle with. The sense of worthiness, the sense of deserving more, the sense that I can have luxury, I can have good things, I can have wealth, 
And it doesn't mean that I'm greedy. It doesn't mean that I'm bad. It doesn't mean that I'm selfish. It doesn't mean that I'm mercenary. There is a way for me to be good as well as get paid. This is one of the big conversations that I find myself having often with women who are working, women who come through my coaching programs that seem to be struggling with really charging what is necessary for their businesses, asking for adequate compensation in their careers. One of the challenges is this unwillingness to require more. And it costs us significantly, particularly women of color. There is already a divide, right? So we already know that women are not getting paid as much as men and women of color even more so. Our businesses, when we look at the numbers, typically are struggling across the board on average. Not everyone, obviously, but on average. And it's often not a reflection of the quality of work, but a reflection on the way we go about our lives, the way we live our lives, what we have been conditioned to accept. Many of us come from backgrounds where there was a bit of managing. That's what I'm going to call it, managing. So, you know, your mother before you managed, and sure she was able to you know, stretch out uh, a great meal out of like $5. Her mother before her managed even more, right? And so we have this culture of making do. For many of us, uh, we come from that kind of place. And that becomes what we're so familiar with. And so the idea of wealth seems somehow foreign, seems somehow not something that we should really, really aspire to, even though we do, right? So we want it, but deep down inside, there's some discomfort there. And this is why very often, many people will be high earners, but they're not wealthy. So there's a difference, right? So you're bringing in a lot of money. It's going out just as quickly as it's coming in. There isn't any sort of reserve and you're not using your money to make money. And so you don't really have a sense of what it means to be wealthy. You're collecting things and spending money on things, but you're not really building wealth. The other thing is you're not building a vehicle to bring money in. So when you build a business, entrepreneurship is one of the pathways to wealth. And the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship, when you understand it and you get it, right, is that it's something that, one, you can leave as a legacy, you can sell it, it has value, you're building out value beyond a job. A career is also something that has value. A career is different from a job. Very often when I hear people say, on my job, or things like that, I know that they don't quite understand the value of what they have. They see it as a means to an end, a paycheck. But a career is something that is establishing value. And when you see people who really understand how to work their careers, those are people who are often sought after, headhunted, brought in because the company has valued their knowledge 
at a certain level. And so they want them to come and add that value into their organization. And, and at a certain point, you see it. It's very different from someone who has a job. Those people tend to be able to negotiate uh, at a high level. They can ask for a lot more. And if you are charting your path in the corporate space, you should be thinking in terms of a career that has value. Same thing for a business. You want your business to have value. Now, it may take time to get there, but you want to have this mindset that I do deserve that. I don't have to make do just because I came from that background. I can ask for more. I can have luxury. I can have wealth. I deserve it. There's nothing sinful about it. This is also really important that we shift out of this idea that it's sinful. One of the things I, I like to share are scripture that really talk about it. So here's one. The laborer is worthy of their wages. Don't let anyone confuse you that because you do work and you're a person of faith that you should be giving it away and that you should take a vow of poverty. It's not true. I mean, if you are led to live an austere life and that is your spiritual conviction, that's awesome. Good for you, right? Because that's a spiritual conviction that God will honor in his own way. But if that is not what you are called to do, and there are many people that are necessary for God's kingdom, and they're necessary because they have means, they have wealth. I want to bring out the story of the Shunammite woman. If you know this story, she was in Second Kings, and she's the woman who saw Elisha, Elisha walking and said, you know, let's give him a, a, a room in our home. She had a home big enough to do that. She was sowing into the man of God, and so she had the ability to do that. So even if you have an aversion to wealth uh, because you see it where people are wasteful with it and, and you see it as something that people use to just overindulge, I want you to shift the way you're thinking and understand that money is a resource. Money answereth all things. It is a resource. This is necessary for you to move things forward. One of the reasons why things are not the way they're meant to be in our world today, I personally believe, is that not enough people who are good, and what I mean by good is well-meaning, intentional, people who want to change the world in a positive way, not enough people like that have the means to do it. A lot of the people who have wealth are self-serving. So if you have a mindset of changing the world, you, you want to do good in the world, then understand that you also have a responsibility to acquire wealth as you can, as you feel called to. It's important to do so because we need to change the dynamic and money is important for that. I was listening to a T.D. Jake sermon some time ago, and something he said hit me like a ton of bricks. I thought, wow, this is so profound. It really just spoke directly to my heart. And he said, because so many, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing, so I'm not quoting directly, but what he was saying was because so many Christians don't have the means and don't understand the principles around building wealth and entrepreneurship and business and, and career, you know, just actual practical money, steps, they end up using their prayers to pray for things that money should be solving. So you're praying for a new house when if you had the money, you'd simply just go out and buy it. 
You're praying for your bills to get paid when if you had the money, you simply pay your bills. So we end up using our prayer life to pray for things that money should be a solution to, practical things. And because of that, that prayer life that is meant to pray for the powerful things that cannot be solved by money, like praying for someone's life and praying for healing and praying for some of these things, we don't use our prayers for that. We use our prayers for the basics. And if we are to be powerful, we need to shift out of that. I mean, that was everything to me. I was like, boom, yes, I hear you. You know, this is the truth. And it's a hard, powerful truth that we need to shift out of this idea that God needs to come down from heaven and put bread on our table because he has given us the power. You know, the scripture says, give thanks to God because it is he who has given you power to create wealth. So you have it within you. And so we have to shift out of this idea that we don't deserve it, that we can't create it, that we can't have it. Shift out of that idea completely and begin to see yourself first as a wealthy woman. So I want you to begin to see yourself as a wealthy woman. No matter what's in your bank account right now, it doesn't even really matter. It's really about what you see in the future and how you see yourself. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. So you begin to see yourself as a woman who operates with wealth. It's imperative that you do so. Okay, So that's the first habit that you are going to adopt, that we're adopting right now. Are we in agreement? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so the second thing that is a habit that wealthy women have, they set goals versus wishing. They don't wish, they set goals. They have clarity on, okay, here's what I want and here's how I'm going to go ahead and get it. So it isn't about, oh gosh, I wish I could have this house, for example, right? They're not just sitting there wishing about wishing for it. They're saying, okay, I want a new house. Let me go see what that looks like and see the kind of house I want. Here's how much it cost. Okay, and what would it take to get there? Okay, let's say the house is... $500,000. Okay. Well, all right. Then it's going to require this much for me to put down as a deposit and get this kind of mortgage. Okay. So let me handle these. Let me crunch some numbers. Okay. What am I going to do to generate that revenue? That's a wealthy woman way of thinking. A woman who is not wealthy, her way of thinking is just wishing, oh my goodness, I wish I could have that house, and you're spending a lot of time salivating about it and dreaming about it, and you don't really have a concrete plan towards it. It's one of the reasons why, while I enjoy vision boards, it's not enough. A vision board is great, but it's not some magical thing that you put a picture of a house on a vision board and magically it's just going to show up. I don't believe that. I believe in you do the vision board to visualize it, but then you also have to create a, a plan and a strategy, right? So you want $500,000, okay, well, what is it that you're going to do to get there? This is one of the big things that we do in our strategy sessions. I remember having a strategy session with an extraordinary, I've had multiple scenarios similar to this, but this is going to be, I want to share this one example, an extraordinary woman, smart as a whip, really smart, really um, talented, and had a product, had a product, and was doing well, but 
So when she came to my strategy session, we had been talking about money and she has influence, she's doing well. And, and I was saying to her, so tell me how much you want to make. And she was struggling with saying it. And that was the big reason why she wasn't making it. She was struggling with saying it. And then she finally admitted it. And there was a bit of guilt and shame around it. Right? Um, so that's back to that first habit, because we feel guilty. We feel like people will think we're greedy. Please stop, right? Because you need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your family. I'm a mother, and I have such clarity now. And I'm also older, right? And so I also re realize I have less time of active work, and I wasted a lot of time when I was young. So if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s and your 30s, please get into it right now. Don't wait till your 40s in your 50s. But if you're in your 40s and your 50s, that's fine. Whenever you wake up is what? Your morning. So good morning. Let's get into it. So you want to shift out of that. And in our strategy session, she said she what she wanted to do, you know, how much she wanted to make. And I said, okay, well, so have you ever, how have you thought about getting there? And it was in the wish category for her because it seemed so far-fetched what she wanted. It actually wasn't, but it seemed far-fetched to her because she had never sat down to kind of think about it. And in that time we spent together, we spent about 90 minutes or maybe close to two hours in one of our sessions, and we kind of mapped it out. And she saw immediately the path to it. Once she saw the path, it was like, whoa, okay, here are the opportunities. Here are the things I've been missing. Here are the streams of income over here. Like she had a path. And that's the difference between goals and wishing. Very often we just, you know, it seems so impossible, so we keep it in the wish zone. Listen, bring it down into the goal zone. Demystify it. Whatever it is, it may seem impossible, it may seem far-fetched, just break it down. Now, the truth is, if you have super big goals, like you say, I want to have 10 million, right? And, and right now you are bringing in 10,000. That's a big jump. But that big jump is not an impossible jump, but it may not be a jump you can make in a month. It may not be a jump you can make in a year, but you can map it out. You can say, okay, maybe I can't do 10 million in a year. I can't see that path, but I can see a path to my first 100,000 and then from there, my first million and then from there, my, my first 5 million. You can see a path to that. But you have to be willing to take it out of the cloud zone, the airy fairy, that, that place right there, right? And distill it down into the practical. Now I'm a very, I'm a person who likes the airy fairy as well, right? And I firmly believe in the supernatural. I firmly believe in faith as a principle. I believe that the tangible things are created by the intangible, but faith without works is dead. So once I understand that this thing that I'm looking for that is intangible, I don't know how to get the, the invisible things. It's invisible. I don't, I don't see it in the visible. Then I'm going to say, okay, this is what I desire. I don't know how I'm going to get there exactly. But here are the, the visible things that I have that I can begin to move and, and, and really place in different places. And this is going to bring me to the third, the third um, habit is that wealthy women leverage non-monetary resources. Because sometimes 
you're so stuck because you're only looking at the the money, the numbers, but you have a lot of non-monetary resources that you can actually move around your networks, your knowledge, your ideas, your, you know, just different things that you have. A lot of the things that I've been able to generate over the last few years have come from my non-monetary resources, from the connections that I have, from my ability to be creative, to come up with ideas, from saying, you know what, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this high tea, I'm going to create this product, and, and, and boom, revenue is, is generated from that. So you have a lot of non-monetary resources. So you're able to say, this is what I want to do, this is what I desire, that's the wish then you pull it down into the goal area, right? And, and you create a plan for it. So you have to shift out of wishing and start creating some true goals and a plan and strategy to get there. The fourth thing is that they don't fake it. Wealthy women don't fake it. They focus on making it. You know that statement that says, fake it till you make it? I I actually hate that statement because it's really, it doesn't take you anywhere and you spend all your energy faking it that you don't have any energy or resources left to make it. A lot of people are burning through what they're what is meant to be something that builds them up. They're burning through all of that to build up a false image. So you're spending so much energy on making sure that it looks like you're successful. Meanwhile, you're not actually building success. I have had the opportunity to talk with a lot of different women over the course of the years that I have been coaching and training. And I've come to find out, right, that a lot of what you see, especially the more glamorous and that it looks, may not be profitable, you're spending all of your energy on these amazing photo shoots and these, you know, an amazing logo and an amazing, all of this. You're buying, some people are even buying followers, right? You want everything to look a certain way, but down back at the ranch, you know, the, the real deal, there's no money coming in. And you don't want to get caught up in that. It is far more, it's far better, let me say that, to be real and, and really deal with where you are and build your profits where you are. So if you can't go big, don't go home. Start small, think big, and build, build. Don't ever be afraid to go back to the drawing board if you need to. Don't ever be afraid to retool. In fact, I'd like to share with you a story of someone who listens to this podcast, who is someone I am privileged to know personally, but she is an amazing businesswoman, a great success story, and I love her products as well. So I'm going to give her a shout out right here on this podcast, but I want to share her story because I remember reading her art, this article in Forbes about her, Forbes magazine. And that alone, right, can we just say... Clap, clap, clap. So if you are featured in Forbes magazine, you know you're doing something right. So I'm speaking about Funlaya Alabi, who is the CEO of Shea Radiance. Shea Radiance is a shea butter uh, company. They make really great products, you know, just whipped shea butter, pure and um, it's sourced directly from West Africa. She has a corporate a cooperative that 
really empowers African women as well. So she's doing great work and her products, she has this pure line that is amazing. And she has this um, baobab girl. I don't want to get, if I, if I get into it, <laughs> I'll get lost, but she has this cream that is so luxurious and silky and it's fabulous products. So it's Shea Radiance. Now, here's the thing about Shea Radiance. She's been around for a bit, and uh, when they first came out, and this was the article I was reading in Forbes, and I thought how wonderful it was because she's such such an authentic, honest business owner that she shared something that a lot of people don't really think about and aren't prepared for. When she first got out, uh, she caught, you know, because her product is so great, Target reached out to her to carry her products. And this is what the Forbes magazine was uh, talking about. So I think this was in 2016 that I read this uh, article in Forbes, right? And so she got into Target, which is a huge accomplishment, right? Target is a huge national chain in the U.S. And for them to carry your products, I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big win because getting onto their shelves. And I, I should know, I used to work for Target years ago. Getting onto their shelves is not, you know, something that just happens, right? You have to be a really great product. They're very particular about their quality of products. It's why, one of the reasons why I love, I love shopping at Target. So her getting in there, and I remember reading about this when she got into Target and just really being excited for her and just cheering and thinking, wow, that's awesome, right, that she got in. At the time, I didn't, you know, know her like I know her now, but um, I thought that was just amazing. And she got into Target, but the thing about it was they didn't have investors, which is a, a challenge of a lot of business owners face, women business owners, women of color uh, business owners tend to face because we tend not, we tend to have a lot more challenges in getting capital. So she did not have those investors. And when you can imagine your products that started from your home, home-based business, and you're getting into Target and you have to supply all these stores, you have to, you know, over 300 stores, Pretty quickly, she got stretched, and it was a major issue. And so she made the big decision to pull out because they got overwhelmed. So she pulled out of this amazing deal, right, to be in Target. And for a lot of people, though, that would have broken them. That would have been the end of it, and you wouldn't have heard of them again. But this is why I love Funlaya's story, resilience authentic resilience. She was able to say, okay, you know what? That didn't work. Let's go back to the drawing board. Let's go back to the basics. Let's start over. And here she is. She's still in business today. And in fact, I just got one of her products and um, I'm going to gift it to somebody. I'm so excited, right? Because I love when I see women winning. And so she's winning today. I mean, in fact, you know, at the time of the article, she had done over a million dollars in revenue. So, and in sales rather. So clearly she's doing something right. Now I put her in the category of not faking it in order to make it because if she had spent a lot of energy trying to make it look as if that was great and make it look as if that was what she wanted, then she would have really burned through what was necessary to get to where she is today. 
And a lot of business owners actually put themselves out of business trying to live up to some false expectation, trying to prove that they've made it. You're trying to stay at a certain level when perhaps you just need to stop, drop, pray, and re-strategize. So here's to Funlaya for really showcasing that particular habit of don't fake it till you make it. Faith it and then focus on making it. The next habit that I'd like to discuss is that wealthy women know what they do really well and they lean into it. And this time I'd like to share the story of someone I don't know. Okay, uh, but I'm very inspired by her story. And that's Carolina Herrera. So she's a designer that most all of you know, whether you know her clothing or you know her, I think they have a home line, they have a perfume that is licensed under her name. So she's a woman that has created this multi-million dollar empire, right? But here's the interesting thing that a lot of people don't know is that she wasn't trained necessarily as a fashion designer. She was a woman that grew up loving fashion. Her mother used to take her to fashion shows at a very early age. She was, uh, she's born in Venezuela. And so they would go even from Venezuela to Paris. And so she had this informal education in style. And when she was in New York, one of her best friends was Diana Reeland, who was the fashion editor of Vogue at the time. She was known to be one of the best dressed women. She was just known for her love of fashion. People would want to know what she was wearing and all of that. And so from that, she decided to do her first line, launch her first line. And she put out a line. And of course, when you have, again, I talked about leveraging your non-monetary resources. If your best friend is the fashion editor of Vogue and calls a few people to come to the launch of your line, do you think that you're more likely to be successful? Yes, you are. So she was able to launch this line and the rest is history. The rest is history. So she leaned into something she did very well, which was style. A lot of us don't lean into what we do really well. We are busy thinking that instead of you leaning into your gift, I have to go and get this degree in uh, database management because that's what everyone is doing when that has nothing to do with what you were created to do. Sometimes I hear women and I'm like, but you do, you know, you're so gifted at this. Why, why do you want to go do that? Well, that's, that's what I've been told to do. I should do project management. Well, okay, there's nothing wrong with project management, but you are an amazing baker. Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, people ask you all day long for your cakes, but because you don't see any value in it, you don't lean into it. Because you, 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 people have talked to down, you don't lean into it. I've had, I remember someone used to say to me, you, you live in your head, you live in your head all the time. And, you know, you're just always thinking and talking. And I remember, and he, and he meant it as a put down, but that's who I am. And that's why people come to me. 
because of my analytical mind, because of my faith, because of my ability to translate wisdom into practical in you know practical things that people can use because of the heart I have for people because I'm able to coach because I'm able to tell stories these are all things that I do naturally what do you do naturally that you could be leaning into today what do you do naturally the closer you get to that the easier it becomes because instead of you stretching yourself to the to the max trying to become someone other than who you are you just show up as yourself and it's amazing and you lean into it you invest in it you pour more into it right you take it to the next level and then it it just brings wealth back to you i deeply believe that god is so good that he has created a system that if you lean into your gifts, it says your gifts will make room for you and bring you before kings. If you lean into your gifts, it says, I desire that you prosper even as your soul prospers. That leaning into your gifts is actually a design to bring you prosperity. I believe that. That if you begin to be who you are called to be, who you're designed to be, who you're created to be, you will begin to bring prosperity to you seemingly effortlessly. And that brings me to the very last habit I'm going to share on here because the podcast is already longer than I intended. The last habit is that wealthy women invest in themselves. Sometimes the reason that you're not able to see prosperity from your gift is that you are not investing in it. You are doing what the servant in the parable of talents did. You take your talent and you bury it in the ground or you put it under your bed or you, you, you don't really showcase it. You do the bare minimum when you do. Some of you have tried things and because it was such a risk, because it didn't feel like, you know, oh, I don't know if people are going to value it. You didn't really put anything, any real effort behind it. You didn't put any money behind it or any resources behind it. And so when it didn't take off, then you said, you see, it didn't work. But really what you did was you didn't present it properly. You didn't, you didn't invest in it. You haven't refined it. You have to refine your gift. You have a gift, but you want to go and, and elevate it. I have a gift in storytelling, but I've taken many classes in that. I have a gift in coaching and I have a natural empathy for people, but I've taken courses in that and certifications, as you well know. So I may have the ability, I have an analytical mind, but I, I invest in it and I'm constantly investing more in, in myself and my mastery because I really want to elevate the quality of my craft. And, and every single level of investment has created a higher level of compensation so if you're not investing in yourself, you can't expect anybody else to. You have to begin to do that part. You have to begin to pour into yourself. One of my clients, uh, she's a, 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 what is it, an OG in my community. She listens to this podcast as well. She comes to all the retreats, is uh, a dentist, a very successful dentist. In fact, her, dent, her dental practice in Orlando, All About Beautiful Smiles, has, I think, the highest number of Google reviews and has been voted one of the best dental 
practices there. She's also been featured as uh, in Orlando Magazine as well before as a highly influential woman. And she's just phenomenal, right? We all love her. When you come to the retreat, she's just this vi- high vibe energy when you meet her, pink hair and all of that. And um, and this is none other than Dr. T, Tijramade Samathu Daniels. I'm going to give her a shout out as well. Now, she is someone that invests heavily in herself. I, in fact, I, I'm yet to meet somebody in our community that goes harder than she does on herself. When she sees something, hears about something that can improve her, improve the way she thinks, improves the, improve the quality of her work, improve the quality of her womanhood, she is on it immediately. She is putting, she's ready to put her money where her mouth is. And this is important because she has been able to take her business to the next level. She has a successful practice. She's killing it in the game because she invests in herself. When you meet her as a woman, you can see it. I've had the privilege of working with her as a client, but also having her in my community. In fact, she's one of the people that they're, I'm really blessed, right? Because I get to work with amazing women all the time that not only can I pour into them, but just being with them, they're inspirational. They add value to me as well. So iron sharpens iron. It's such a, it's such a privilege, really. So when I see that, you see it, and you can see the direct result of the investment that she invests in herself. And if, I, if there's something I could give to you today, I want to challenge you, shift out of the mindset of trying to get everything for free. Shift out of that mindset. Say to yourself, you're going to start investing in one thing about yourself. Now, of course, you know that I have many things that you can invest in, but this is not about that. Even if you don't do it with me, do it for yourself. So maybe start with a book, if that's all you have, right? But if you have more, go harder. Put more into it. You know, I want to take you back to the parable of the talents again. Whenever we think about this parable, and just in case you've never heard it before, I'm just going to give you a quick cliff note, right? So Jesus was telling this parable, and he says there are three servants, and they were all given talents, right? And so one of them Uh, took his talent and hid it under the bed, like I said. The other one took the talents and turned it into two, went out and traded with it and turned it into two. And the last, the third one took the talent and came back with five, right? So he really, you know, went out there and maximized it. And when the master came back, the one that had five, he, he he was pleased with the one that had five and the one that had also gotten two, right? But the one that had won and had not done anything with it, he was so displeased with him. He called him a lazy and a wicked servant. And in fact, I remember when I was reading this and I was thinking, why is he wicked? But it occurred to me that he was wicked because that talent that he had was really meant to bless the world. When you refuse to to really build yourself up, when you refuse to invest in yourself and bring what you have to the table at the highest level, you are really blocking someone from receiving from you. You know, if you believe as I do, the scripture says that the earth is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. It said that there's darkness, gross darkness covering the earth and people are waiting for your light. 
And so when you refuse to do what is necessary to develop yourself, develop your gift, you are actually operating in a way that is wicked because you are focusing on yourself so much that you are not thinking about all the people who need what you have. So that was the first big awareness. The second thing I want to talk to you about is the idea of talents. Whenever we think about talents, we think about gifts, your talents, the actual talents. And that's where it comes from, right? The idea of talents. What are your talents? Like I, I can speak well, I can write, all of that stuff. But talents were actually a, a measure of currency in those days. So they were actually referring to gold talents. That's why he hid it under the bed. That's why he took the two gold talents and turned it into, uh, one turned it into five, one turned it into two. So those talents are actually currency, money. The other thing that you need to be thinking about is using your money to make money. Those talents are for something. So some of you have such a hoarding mentality about it, right? And, and Limta, I'm recovering, I'm recovering. I'm a recovering person in that area because your business is not growing because you're not able to pour into it. Your, your gifting is not growing because you're not willing to pour into it. You have to shift out of that. Those talents that God has given you are not just for you to eat. That is seed for you to plant into the ground and, and reap a harvest. So those talents, you have to bring them to the table too. The resources you have, bring that to the table Think about how you can pour into it. Think about what you need. So, so for some of you that are business owners, you might be saying, I, need, you know, I don't know why I'm not growing. And you've been parroting on social media for a long time. And, and that maybe took you to a certain point, but it's not taking you to the next level. Maybe it's time to hire a marketing consultant. Maybe it's time to hire someone. Maybe it's time to spend more money on ads. Maybe it's time to go do something different. Maybe, you know, there, there's, it's the next level. And so if you want to shift out of managing and just making do, and, and if you have said 2020 is my year of prosperity and 2020 is the year that I'm breaking into wealth, if you are saying I'm going to be that smart money woman, then you are going to have to change the way you have been doing things. So I hope that this has given you some things to think about, some things to chew on. I want to hear from you. I really do want to hear from you. I'm going to ask you, to leave a review about this particular episode. I want to know what you think. Even if you left a review before, I want to hear what you think about this. And then come on into our living room in our private Facebook group called Iconic Womanhood, where we debrief these podcasts regularly. So come on in come find us. All you have to do is answer the questions and we'll open the door wide and invite you in for some tea. And let's talk about this particular, uh, these habits. And you can talk about what you have implemented, what you've learned and, and what you think. Come do that. And of course, if this episode has had meaning for you, meaning, meaning for you, if it has blessed you in some way, please be a blessing to someone else. Share this with someone. Just send them the link. Say, you know, you've got to listen to this. Let's talk about this. And of course, if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do so. I really thank you for taking the time to listen. You know, these opportunities that I have to, in between the interviews, to share from my heart, I don't take them lightly. I thank all of you for listening. I thank those of you that I meet 
at different places. I was at a conference recently and I was just attending as a guest and so many people, a number of people came up to me saying, Hey, I listened to your podcast. And I thought, wow, you know, and this is my little podcast that could, and I'm so excited to meet you every time you come up to me and you're all so phenomenal. I cannot wait to meet you, the rest of you again. So please, by all means, stay connected to us. Come join us on Facebook. Check me out on Instagram. On Instagram, I'm still under my old moniker at Refresh with Akine, but please leave a review, leave a rating, share this podcast and do subscribe. I've appreciated talking with you, wealthy woman, wealthy, iconic woman. This is your year. This is our year. Thank you. God bless you and be well.